so thankful that we have a heavenly Father, one to whom we can bring our burdens, our cares, our joys, our temptations. We can bring him all, and he hears, and he answers prayer. It is from him and through him that we have all. In fact, he holds even the breath of our mouth. And today we celebrate and give thanks to him. We give thanks for so many things. Thanksgiving, a time of year in which we set aside time to specially give thanks. But really, Thanksgiving ought to be a daily habit. Um, let me correct myself a moment-by-moment habit. It is the basis upon which we can find victory. You say, really? Yes. When we are going through life and we are faced with temptation, really, the solution and the victory over the temptation is the giving of thanks. What do I mean by this? Well, would you please take with me your Bible, your copy, of God's Word and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and look with me at verse 14. We are faced with many temptations. We are faced with many trials. We are faced with many joys. There are times in which we find ourselves in a time of battle, sometimes warring against ourselves, sometimes warring against the prince of the power of the air, our adversary, the devil. Oftentimes, the greatest temptation we're actually faced with is whether or not we'll win. And that's a tragedy for us as Christians because the great truth of Christianity is that the victory has already been won. And really, it is for us to rejoice and to give thanks in the moment of whatever it be. There is the victory. Look with me here at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 in the 14th verse. It says this, Now thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ. Dear brothers and sisters, if today you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and had your sins forgiven, you are baptized, you are immersed, you are put into Christ. You are a part of his body. You are, as it says here, in Christ. And so every moment of every day, no matter what you or I face, we now can give thanks to our God, who it says always causeth us to triumph. It is not by our strength that we have victory. It is not by our wisdom or discipline that we triumph. Our triumph is because we are in Christ, because He is our life. Our triumph is the abundant life of Jesus Christ flowing through us. And our response in the battle is the giving of thanks thanking our God that we are in Christ, thanking our God that in the moment of temptation, we have triumph. We have the victory. In the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, over in chapter 15, in dealing with the topic of sin and death and considering how great and dreadful sin and death is, 
he again, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, declares, Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the victory and the triumph that we have is through the Lord Jesus Christ because we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Ephesians, the letter to the church at Ephesus, is filled with the truth and the foundation of the gospel and the reality of the believer, the Christian being in Christ. The whole premise of the letter is built upon the fact that we as Christians are in Christ Jesus, seated in heavenly places. And so as we are living this life on this earth, which sometimes gets nasty and ugly, we can rest assured and we can give thanks that in reality, we are actually seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at the very right hand of the throne of God. This truth, foundational to the Christian life, is key and important as we continue in and look at other parts of the Christian life. Would you take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians? In Ephesians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, shifts from the doctrinal foundation of us being in Christ and then turns to the reality of this life with some very practical instruction for living life. I'd like to read through an extended portion of this passage. If we look here in Ephesians chapter 4, I'd like to read all of chapter 4 and from chapter 5 down through verse 21. These are aspects of the practical life that we live in Christ Jesus. And as you hear and as you follow along with me as we read, you'll find some things that may hit you. It may be the Spirit of God convicting you. You may see things that say, oh, mm, that's hard. Well, you would be right. In fact, there are some things that Paul gives us as Christians and tells us how we are supposed to walk, that is, live our life, that are not just hard. They are downright impossible, humanly speaking. But if you recognize the reality and the truth that you are in Christ, who is God, and knowing and recognizing that with God, nothing is impossible, you are guaranteed the victory to always triumph, which comes back to the idea of thanksgiving. You see, as we consider how to live this life, and there are things that burden us down, there are guilts and temptations that trouble us, the solution of it all, really, is to remember that we are in Christ Jesus and to give thanks. That is where the victory lies. And so as we look at these things, look for those things that speak to you, that come out to you, that either you see and you say, wow, that's hard, why, that's impossible, or even those things that say, yeah, I got this, beware. You don't got it. You don't. None of us have got it. The only thing we've got is Jesus. And so in those moments when you may see and read and think, I've got this, change it. Change it and say, Jesus, you've got this. And I thank you for the victory. I thank you that you always cause us to triumph as long as I abide in you. 
Follow with me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. Again, Paul, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote this. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you, beg you, plead with you, that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. You are called in Christ. Walk worthy of that vocation with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of God. Wherefore, he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that also he descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head even Christ, from whom Christ, the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This is a reference to the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are individual members of his body. We all have different parts, parts that in Christ we come in the unity of the faith. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Gentiles is a reference to those who are godless and walk according to their own desires and lusts. They live their own way apart and without thought of God. For here it says, in the vanity of their mind. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. This is a description of the Gentile, those without God 
And the Apostle Paul is going to draw a contrast to those who are without God, to those who are in Christ. For in verse 20 he says, But ye, those of you who are in Christ, have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt in the deceitful lusts. It is as if we have an old man, but we're no more part of the old man. He's put off like we would take and put off a garment. Rather, it says in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Put on Jesus, brothers and sisters. Verse 25, Wherefore, considering this, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry, and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Brothers and sisters, if you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are not only in Christ, as we found out earlier in Ephesians back in chapter 2, you are, have also received the earnest, the guarantee of the Holy Spirit of God. You are sealed by Him. Do not grieve Him. We grieve Him by letting walking in the old man, by walking according to the lusts of the Gentiles and of our flesh. Rather, as we're going to soon find out, we need to be filled with him. And we need to be bringing forth his truth. For here we find some things that are not of the Spirit that need to be put away. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, fighting and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Put those things away. For those things will grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Those things are things that are done when we're not walking in fellowship in Christ. Rather, verse 32, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Be ye, therefore, followers of God as dear children. 
and walk in love. As Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sweet sacrifice and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. We all need to be not as rebellious and stubborn children, but as dear little children who follow God and walk in love. Remember, God is love. True love is walking in God. God in you. You in God. Walk in love. Walk in that. For now in verse 3, Paul goes to the negative. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. You are in Christ. You are saints. That means you are set apart from the world in Christ Jesus and fornication, and uncleanness, and covetousness is not becoming a saint. That's not what a saint does. That's not who a saint is. A saint is in Christ. But he continues in verse 4, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Giving of thanks. You see that? Isn't that fascinating? We see some pretty nasty, ugly things here, don't we? Fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, filthiness, foolish talking, jesting. And what is the rather to these? Giving of thanks. Giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Brethren, this is not given to us and recorded here to cause us to shudder in dread. This is recorded and given to us that we might give thanks and that we might give thanks for who we are in our position in Christ and not do these things. That's why the command comes in verse 7. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. We, brothers and sisters, are in Christ. We would not partake in these things we give thanks that we rather have an inheritance. And how do I know this is a distinction? Well, look again at verse, or look now at verse 8. For it tells us, for ye were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. You see, we have much to give thanks for because we were sometimes in darkness, but now we are in light. And now we can give thanks that we were in darkness, but now we're in light. And now we go forth 
walking as children of light, which is contrasted to verse 6, as children of disobedience. I submit to you that the giving of thanks is key to this. Verse 9, for the fruit of the Spirit, in all goodness and righteousness and truth. You see, to walk as children of light means to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit. To walk as children of light means to bring forth the fruit of the Spirit, which is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Verse 10, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. If we are in Christ, our fellowship ought to be with Christ and his spirit, not fellowship with the works of darkness. We ought to rather reprove them. For, verse 12, it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. And know how true that is. Which is why it's such a tragedy in our society where so often not only do, are they are, are the, 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 these things done in secret? They're not done in secret. They're done openly and blatantly and defiantly. And they're not, done shame, they're not treated as shameful, but rather oftentimes our society glories in their shame. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. By the way, Jesus is the light of the world. And when Jesus shines in the darkness, the evil, the unfruitfulness, the uncleanness, the shameful things are exposed. But you know, so often, we as Christians... We allow ourselves to be desensitized. We allow ourselves to be lulled to sleep. Where the evils of this world don't shock us, don't dread us, we become accustomed to them. I think that the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit, led him to write verse 14. Wherefore, he saith, Awake! thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And what is the will of the Lord? Well, we're given some things here. Verse 18, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but the point of it is, rather, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. If we are in Christ, what we need to be is filled with the Spirit. The Spirit seals us we have the choice to grieve him, as we see back in chapter 4, verse 30, or we have the choice as a command. That's why it's a choice. I know it's a choice because it's given as a command, which means we have to choose to obey it with the choice. 
to be filled with the Spirit. Just like you have a choice to be filled with wine and become drunk, you have a choice to be filled with the Spirit. Will you yield to the Spirit? Will you surrender to Him? Will you let Him fill you to control you, to bring forth in your life good fruit? Look how it continues here. Right after it says, be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. A Spirit-filled Christian will be a singing Christian. But not only that, look as it continues in verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks. And so let's go back and consider in our minds some of the things that were well, you might say, commanded not to do and commanded to do. Do we fail? Yes, we do. We do find ourselves oftentimes grieving the Spirit, don't we? We, we oftentimes do find ourselves doing those things which are not convenient. We, we, we do find ourselves, and this is horrific to think, but I'm afraid true, partakers with the children of disobedience. We sometimes find ourselves walking that way, but we're not supposed to be that way. We're in Christ. We are saints those things don't become us. It's not becoming to us. We are set apart in Christ. You see, each day as we live our lives, as we're faced with these commands of negative, don't do, and commands to do. Oh, I'll tell you one. You know how hard it is to put bitterness, wrath, and anger away? Newsflash, impossible. It's impossible. The only way you can let bitterness, wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you, and it's all malice, is to be filled with the Spirit. Look, look again at verse, last verse of chapter 4. Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. That's impossible. Absolutely, completely impossible unless Jesus does it through you. It's one reason why it says, for Christ's sake. Unless Jesus does it through you. All of this is here presented where we have a choice. We have a choice. Will we obey God and walk as dear children of God in Christ? Or will we not reckon ourselves indeed alive unto God and let sin reign in our life? It doesn't make any sense. So we have this choice. What do we do? Oftentimes, as I read through this and see in the repeated occasions of it, 
I think we fail to give thanks for the privilege and position we have in Christ. We forget to give thanks that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. We forget to give thanks that we can be filled with the Spirit of God. We forget that in Christ, through Christ, we have the victory. And through him, we are more than conquerors. You see, if we kept that in our minds and in our hearts, you know what would come forth? Thanksgiving. And when the thanksgiving flows, so then too will the Spirit's fruit. You see, it's, it's not that you or I will then now all of a sudden become superhuman. No. We're still just jars of clay. But the eternal Son of God who is living inside of us will do through us the impossible. He will do the impossible. He will forgive through us. He will show kindness through us. He will be the one who is tender-hearted through us. He will guide us in the steps that the children of light walk in. He, who is light, will lead us. Will we follow him? Will we choose to abide in him, trusting in him, hoping in him, and giving thanks. Those things which are not convenient are problems, and oftentimes they come because we're not giving thanks. Oftentimes an evidence of one who is not being filled with the Spirit is grumbling and complaining and murmuring, for an evidence of a Spirit-filled life is one who is giving thanks always for all things. Each of us are in different seasons of life. Each of us have different backgrounds. Each of us have different temptations. Each of us have different, you might say, secret sins. Each of us have things that we struggle with that we probably just need to come to the realization that are impossible for us. But with God, nothing is impossible. So oftentimes we pray, Lord, help me gain the victory today. Can I suggest an idea to you? The next time you find yourself, and I think it's absolutely appropriately appropriate, asking God to help you, remember that in Christ you've been given the victory. Remember that through him you are more than conquerors. And when you ask for the help, simultaneously thank him for it because it is there. He has promised it to you, and it's a guarantee. Remember who you are. You are in Christ. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You can be filled with him. You can be filled with all the fullness of God. It's simply yielding to him. As we've seen sometimes in in our theme song the last few months in Bible Hour, let him have his way. 
Let him have his way in your life every day, every moment. All of the truths of that song are in play in all of this. And it all comes back to, are we a thankful people? Turn with me back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The Apostle Paul, in wrapping up this letter to Corinth, after dealing with all of the glories of Christ's victory over death and over sin, 1 Corinthians 15, famously known as the resurrection chapter, Paul is about to transition and go into some personal details of address to personal people there in the church. So really, the climax of his letter doesn't come in the end in chapter 16. The climax comes at the end of verse chapter 15. And notice how it is given. Verse 57, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we could stop right there and it would be enough. But you know what's incredible about all of the glories, glorious truth of our hope in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? All of that builds up to this benediction of thanksgiving. And then look where it goes. Verse 58. Therefore, because of all that's true, particularly here that we have thanksgiving for the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul writes, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. That doesn't mean be stubborn. It's always abounding in the work of the Lord. That means stand fast, be unmovable in the work of the Lord, abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Stand fast, be unmovable. In the Lord. When you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, you are baptized, you are put into the body of Christ, you become one with Him, united with Him. When we sin and when we fail, when we are in defeat, we ignore that reality, which is really crazy. It's insane as we then try to walk in our own way. No, let us give thanks to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then, therefore, known as beloved brethren, part of the family of God, let us be steadfast and unmovable in the Lord, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as we know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Sometimes we are tempted to be discouraged. Sometimes we are tempted that we feel all alone do not be. Be encouraged and know that it is not in vain. Keep on keeping on, but not in your own strength, 
in Christ. In him. He is our hope of glory. And so we can give thanks. We can give thanks always for all things. It begins by giving thanks for the privilege of being in Christ in heavenly places. Our gracious God, we bow to you and give thanks to you. We give thanks. We give thanks for the privilege of being members of the body of Christ. The privilege of being in Christ. Lord Jesus, I pray that each one of us here today would indeed reckon ourselves dead unto sin and alive unto you. That we would walk in you just as we are in you. That we would be filled with your spirit and that we would not quench you, dear spirit of God. We need your filling. For without you, Lord Jesus, we can do nothing. May we recognize that. Lord, I pray for those here today who have been struggling with something and you know the something, maybe they don't even quite know what the something is. Lord, I pray that your spirit would show them what it is and that you would also show them that without you it's impossible, but that with you and in you there is guaranteed victory. And I pray that each one of us would walk with thanksgiving in that reality this day and every day for the rest of our lives if you tarry or till you come again. And we pray, Lord Jesus, even so, come. Come quickly. We look for the, our, you, our blessed hope, and your glorious appearing. We long to be caught up to be together with you. We commit ourselves to you in this day. Lord, I pray for those here today who are not in Christ for those who have not believed, for those who have not had their sins forgiven, to those who don't have hope, rather have nothing to look forward to but the wrath of God. May they today know that they are sinners. May they today believe and confess you, Lord Jesus, died for their sins, was buried and rose again so that you could forgive them, you could save them, you could give them life, and they could be one with you and receive your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit work in the hearts and lives of each one, that each one here today might believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. We commit all of us, all of ourselves to you as we long to see you, Lord Jesus, lifted up and glorified. We pray these things in your name. Amen.